0: You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. So, I'd like to say on the first Sunday of Advent, Happy New Year to everybody. This is our new year, uh, my New Year's resolution. Note to self, uh, check the book before mass starts so you know where the opening prayer is. But as we gather today in anticipation of, of Christmas, Uh, We think of hopefully having Christ present in our lives every day that we never forget him, but this is a special season to kind of go a little deeper into our lives, to stop, to reflect, to examine our lives, to see if we're really in relationship with Christ or are we simply letting our lives pass by the way we want them to. Ostensibly looking at things that are maybe objectively good. In our gospel reading today, you hear what Jesus says about in the days of Noah, and eating and drinking, marrying, etc. Nothing wrong with those things. They just weren't aware. Just weren't, they just weren't paying attention. And during this year, the bishops have asked us, um, the national bishops, as well as Bishop Desitel, uh, who will be here this afternoon, by the way, for a holy hour, to kind of kick off the celebration, but a renewal in our understanding and in our faith in the Eucharist. Uh, apparently, at least according to holes, uh, many Catholics don't believe in the real presence. And so they wanted us to do catechesis on that and to explain why we do what we do and what a better place to start than the mass, you know, than understanding what we're doing right here. And Father Poirier came up with a wonderful idea uh, that maybe we should, during Advent, as we begin, go over the Mass. What are we doing? Why are we doing it? And explaining the movements of the Mass. There are four parts of the Mass, and there are four Sundays in Advent. And so, for each Sunday of Advent, we're going to talk about the Mass in the four parts. One is, the obviously, the introductory rites that we just completed. Second is the Liturgy of the Word, which is what we're doing now with the readings and the homily. Uh, Third, the Liturgy of the Eucharist, and then last, the concluding rites. All of them have great significant and historical meanings, both for the church and for us individually. And so we're going to talk about these things, but I think first we have to remember in our introductory rites, coming to church, and our first reading talks about that, believe it or not, in prophesying where it says, you know, in the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest mountain and raised above the hills. That is an image that actually is used throughout history. Many of you have seen beautiful pictures of churches built on mountaintops, huh? Mountaintops. And maybe you would say, well, the reason why they're there is because of a defense against enemies who may be trying to raid in olden days. But there was also a theological reason that it's the higher place and that they would have the image of the mountaintops are built to have people actually literally going up the mountain of the Lord to his house. And in that, they would say there's the higher level, you're closer to the heavens. So we come to our churches, that's exactly what we do, a little taste of heaven. When we come here closer to god it's raising our fallen nature and in many cities in the united states the church is built in the highest part of town again people would say the practical reason they don't flood right but actually it was to put it in the highest place in town particularly in catholic towns in south louisiana and opelousas that's exactly where saint landry is built the highest part and so why do we go to the Lord's house? And that's our second paragraph in the first reading. Come, let us climb the Lord's mountain to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may instruct us in his ways and we may walk in his paths. So the reason why we come is we need to learn. And I always like to make the comment that many people maybe join a church because they want to make an effect on the church in the sense of, of they can change it and make it better and do all these things. I want to make a difference. But really, the reason why we come to church is so we change, that God makes a difference in us. And so we come to be instructed in his ways. That's why we come to church, so that we can change from our lower nature into that higher nature. And in that, that's how we begin our mass, the sign of the cross, right? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. That's a hearkening, not only in the sense of the affirmation of the one God, capital G, but it's also a remembrance of our baptism, what we were baptized to do. So we were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And with the holy water at the entrances to the church where we make the sign of the cross, exactly that, we're reminded as we come in, first thing, that we are baptized. We are called to a life in Christ, a higher life. And then we do the standard greeting, the Lord be with you, or the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You know, that is basically phrases taken from scripture, usually St. Paul's letters, where he greets the Christian community. So they go all the way back to St. Paul, the beginning. And then we do the penitential rite. And that's our second reading today. You know, we call to mind our sins and we ask for God's mercy. And so we hear in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, he says, let us then throw off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves properly as in the day. And so we acknowledge that we live to some extent in the darkness, that we are sinners in need of God's mercy. That's our baseline as Christians and as Catholics. We begin with that humility to come in and to acknowledge who God is and then to say we have not lived up to the standards, those high standards lifting our fallen nature and we ourselves need his help. And so that's the penitential rite. It's called to mind our sins and ask for God's mercy. And then we do one of the forms of what we call the penitential rite. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. Or we do the confidior, I confess. Usually I like to take a little bit of time between calling to mind our sins and going into the penitential rite, because I think we need to be quiet for a moment, hey, 10, 15 seconds. That's all it takes to just kind of get in that mode of remembering who we are, our fallen nature, and where we want to be, our higher nature. And then after we do the penitential rite, we move into the Gloria. And that's our responsorial psalm today. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. It's also oftentimes for our processional hymn. We've kind of been subdued a little bit today because it's Advent and we didn't do, we're not gonna do the, we didn't do the Gloria because we wait, we're anticipating the coming of Christ, the reason to celebrate. We don't wanna be too early. The world is already celebrating Christmas. We don't We celebrate Christmas at its proper time. But in rejoicing at God's mercy, after we acknowledge our sinfulness, we know that he still loves us. We know that he is still willing to help us along the way. We know that in his mind, we want to talk about the mind of God. All he wants is for each and every one of us to become better and in that, to become actually truly happy. And so those are the movements of what we do in the introductory, right? There's a lot there. And if we don't come properly prepared for mass, then sometimes that can just go right by. We're not even thinking about anything until maybe we get to the readings. It goes so fast. Just one of the reasons why I try to slow it down a little bit because it is an important state to remember that we're here to be instructed, that we are sinners, that we need his help, and that he wants to give us his help, and we give glory to God for that love. And those graces are given to us in the baptism, which we acknowledge, when we begin the Mass and come into church. And so, as I mentioned, that's the introductory right. Next week we'll move to the Liturgy of the Word, uh, what we're supposed to do. Those are the two main parts of the Mass, Liturgy of the Word, Liturgy of the Eucharist. And hopefully we'll be able to dive into those a little bit and the historicity of them and how we hopefully can engage in those things with the proper dispositions that have been given to us in the introductory rites. And it makes a form of prayer that actually is kind of amazing if we do it, a form of prayer that we ourselves can do in an hour as a community and are able to actually receive the grace of God, be out with the bad, in with the good, and be able to be strengthened by him with so many people in one place. That didn't come by accident. That's thousands of years of the church and her members chiseling this to a place where if we understand it, we can be completely moved by it. And so the last thing, why mass every Sunday and many people every day, it goes back to our gospel reading today. We tend to forget what God has done for us. And I talked about that at Thanksgiving, the importance of gratitude. We tend to move away to our lower nature. That's where where we gravitate towards with the fall. So we need to be reminded each week at least about our sinfulness and about the greatness of God's love for us and the continued instruction that we need to get better. Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, as St. Paul says. And so some people go every day for that remembrance and that strength. That's beautiful. Everybody who can should. Advent's a great time to do that. But at a minimum each week, that we are able to come and consciously acknowledge our need for him and to listen to him and to hopefully be prompted to good works by him. And that way we won't get caught as the people in the days of Noah. We won't be caught by surprise. We'll be able to continue to grow and to consciously acknowledge the presence of God in our lives. And if the day comes for us to go home, we will be ready to hear his voice say, well done, good and faithful servant not I don't know you, which we hear sometimes in sacred scripture, Jesus' response to people who claim to know him but don't. So let's make our prayer during Advent that we continue to understand the micro of the mass, the macro of the season. Let's enter into it, making sure that we can truly celebrate Christmas. Last year, we talked about the true meaning of Christmas. What is it? God has loved us from the beginning of time and that we relentlessly pursues us and has a plan of salvation for each and every one of us, but we can't do it unless we're aware of it. And let's make sure that we become more aware of that working in our lives so we can have the true joy and peace that only Christ and his incarnation can offer to us.